This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. How are Jamie here? Lovely to have you with us, as always. And today we talk about another box set that you may or may not have watched, The Sopranos. Yes, it's a giant, giantissimo of box sets, and we're going to come to that in a bit with our guests. But first... As usual... Howell and Jamie here. Hope you are. Yo. I hope you're doing well. You can email us. Uh, I always listen back to the podcast and I always think we don't stress how important it is that we get your emails. We love it when you email. And what we want to do is create a kind of message board, but without the mm. without the really annoying comments, bad language. Yeah, but rather a fascist message board where we get to filter out all of the offensive comments. <laughs> yeah. We'd love you to email us studio at theboxsetpod.com. Um, what are we asking? Uh, what what have you watched? What haven't you watched? And and also I'd love to know if you listen to one of these podcasts and you haven't watched the thing that our guinea pig hasn't watched and then you watch it as a result of our chat it would be great to hear your progress of course a couple of weeks ago I was the guinea pig and I hadn't watched Walking Dead I've got to tell you Jamie I have now watched uh, I'm on to the last episode of season one so that's a whole six episodes definitely gone past the four and um, yeah just going up six you're going to carry on into season two, Howell? Yep, yep. Although, really? what I'm doing is I'm buying it every every episode. I'm buying individually on oh. my Apple TV on iTunes. So it's £1.89 every time. Ooh. And do you know what? It really makes your decision-making... You know, it really helps you judge a show <laughs> if you have to actually know that you're spending £1.89 every time. you. Mm. And it makes you pay more attention to it. It, and and this is something that I've thought about about the cinema for a long time as well. You know, when you watch a film at the yeah. cinema, not only is it bigger, it's better sound, but you're more invested. You're more invested in paying attention. You're not looking at twelve other screens because you freaking just paid nine freaking pounds. Exactly. Amen. Amen. Exactly. So moral of the story is: pay for your entertainment. And you'll naturally get more out of it. Either that, or you'll ditch it sooner. And then you need this podcast to get you beyond episode four. I'm genuinely shocked that you're going to do second season of Walking Dead. I didn't see you last year. I mean, I suppose it's only six episodes of the first series, mm. but uh, still. But you uh, all said that it was the worst series as well. We all said it was the worst? Yeah, you said that season one is the worst in my... Oh, right, okay. Uh, well, I guess I, I think that... Well, I don't think it's... Yeah, I guess in a way they get, they get more and more... Um, dramatic but um yeah i i don't think you'll last more than i don't think you'll get past season two i'm, right. I'm, I'm surprised you got this far if you do carry on uh, i'd be bloody amazed okay all right well, well 
I'm enjoying it. I think it's good. Sarah won't watch it. It's when Sarah goes to bed, I watch Walking Dead. That's how it works. Nice. Um, okay, listen, uh, let's get the latest box set news before we welcome Mel, who is uh, ready, willing and able, and Matt, who is having great difficulty connecting to us. Uh, he's having a lot of traumas with his old um, computer in London there. It's because he lives in London where everything is poorer the quality of general household uh, things like bricks and things are a lot poorer um than in manchester so let's crack on with the latest news from jamie well before i do that we did have an email from daniel knight did you read this howell D- how did i miss daniel's email i don't i do not know i do not know but let, but it's he's aiming it directly at you howell are you ready jesus he says firstly well done on finishing 24 i'm interested though when it starts to become more uh, must watch telly as I never made it past season two. All ah, right, so I'm interested. When does it start becoming much was much wast watch telly? How old? What, what does it become? Much watch tell much must watch. Che- you, you know what the shit I'm saying. No, no, okay. I'll, I'll answer when you ask properly. <laughs> when does it become must watch telly? How old? Um, well, uh, does it? Yeah, I think. Mm, the thing is, I would, I've done a lot of things. I've essentially built a travel website, which I'll tell you about in future weeks, whilst watching 24. Um, so uh, I, it became like a warm blanket to me, a lot like Dexter and uh, mm. and indeed Chuck, which we'll talk about again. Um, it, it's one of those things that I, I, you get to know the world and you get to like it. You get to recognize its memes and, and enjoy those things, you know. Um, but I, I do think it? I do think that it gets better with age because it become like a lot of these series you get closer to the day and things become a bit more relevant and certainly more exciting perhaps a bit higher budget as it goes along so you did um, seem to go through a stage where you stopped uh, or you were like slagging it off quite a lot totally I but I would have thought that by season three uh, I went quiet on the slagging it off because I just submitted to it um, yeah. There's there's other things to watch before 24, but if you want... How many TV series are an action movie? Mm, that's very true. Can you think of another TV series that is just action? Mm, well, Chuck just action, is, yes. Chuck is, mo- sure. is largely action. Um, oh. but, but but in a very different sense, this is this is kind of your Bruce Willis level of commitment. You know, there's, not, there's no humour in 24, really. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's for that reason. I like a good action movie, mindless. That's how I'd describe it. If you'd like to, anyway, be mindless. Yeah. D- Daniel continues. Howell, uh, you were talking about Outlander a while back. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm two thirds of the way through and found out that the at the end of season one there's a graphic gay rape scene. Oh, spoiler! Uh, I only started watching as I thought it was a light-hearted time travel mystery, so I'm not going to finish it. Plus, you need subtitles to understand dialogue. Too much for me. Thirdly. I'm now interested in Chuck. All this time you spent talking about it, <laughs> I knew nothing about. But thanks to you, to your last episode, it sounds like it might be fun. Quick recommendations: Quantico and Limitless are good. Blind Spot is all right. New Heroes Reborn is a waste of TV. Five years, and this is what they wrote: Ant Man. Don't see the hype. Excuse the pun, but felt that the plot was very small scale. So much just not much. So much just not explained as well. Daniel, thank you. 
I like Daniel's comments and I like Daniel. I just want to check that the reason he didn't like that rape scene wasn't particularly that he was gay. I, th- I, I hope he's like a normal, <laughs> a heterosexual rape scene would be all right. <laughs> I don't I, think he was saying that. Because I don't think sexual preference actually matters when it comes to <laughs> the, a scene yeah. of rape. I think, I think he's just there's saying no the consent whole... and that's kind of his yeah, nature. That's the point. That's yeah. the point he's trying to make. Okay. I think he's using as many words as possible to point out that this was horrific and he didn't want to carry on after something that disturbing, which um, I understand. Yeah, that. Uh, well, I'm not going to watch that. Thanks. This is the other good thing about this podcast is people are like the canary down the mine shaft for you, aren't they? They, can, mm. they like get so far and they're like shouting back down the mine shaft at you, just going, don't come in here. It's great. Yeah, it's a good point. But also, like, if someone has watched Outlander and says it's awesome, you can let us know too because there is a, there's always an audience for that. And Outlander is massively su- uh, successful. At least it's got a huge sort of critical yeah. uh, acceptance. Anyway, let's get on to the, the box set pod news okay yeah i'm also going to dial up jack our work experience boy um because he wanted to he wanted to join us for the news as well and then we'll get rid of him and get mel and uh mel and matt on mel okay. waiting patiently in kansas what a um, legend yeah so jack's going to appear any second okay let's make a start on the box set pod.com yeah. so if you go to the box set pod.com slash news i try my very best to update it with anything that tickles my fancy. Of course, I'm not going to put every piece of TV news on there. I just handpick my special pieces. Is he here, Howell? Jack? No. No. Don't I can see his face, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, not. he's got like a... He's got a, a beard. Beards are massive with the kids. He's got a Justin Bieber-style... Uh, or, or early Justin Bieber-style haircut going on. Looks very fashionable. Oh, really? Know. Justin Bieber? I'd say it's Back in the early Dave days. Grohl. Well, yeah, maybe that. But I mean, Wind you types. look at you look at early Justin Bieber with when he had long hair. He did have it a bit messy. Actually, no, it's more Zac Efron. Actually, I'm thinking of Zac Efron. Efron, and a, and a bit of a beard going on. It's the hips. Yeah. The hipster beard thing is is all the trend now. Mm. I went to watch Skrillex. Did I tell you? No, I didn't. I went to I went to a club. I went to the Warehouse Project. It was drum and bass. And Where did you go there? A couple of weeks ago, and it was a drum and bass night. And oh. And yeah. when I go like to clubs in Vegas, everyone's kind of similar age. I don't feel really old. In Britain, honestly, I said the words, I feel like I'm surrounded by Little Mix and One Direction. Whoa. It was, they just felt so young and, and all the lads had beards. It's this hipster crap that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Who wants a beard? It's horrible. Jamie had a beard, but that's because he was having a nervous breakdown. Oh, a low patch. Uh, carry on with the news. Anyway, so, yeah, the first bit of news I've got, Transparent Season 2 is returning December 11th on Amazon Prime. If you've not given Transparent a go, it's an award-winning globe, Golden Globe award-winning comedy from Amazon. It's really good, and it's about a transgender parent. Uh, uh, he's a dad, and he, he reveals to his family that he's transgender, and it's the how the family reacts it's very funny but it's also very moving it's a bit like girls in the way the humor is very similar to girls it's very sort of uh, very very raw mm. but it's brilliant it's really worth a go it's uh, an excellent show and the teaser trailer is up there on the box set pod website you can see the teaser for season two which starts december 11 and let's face it transgender is in right now and I, I don't mean people are deciding to be transgender. I mean, there's a lot of TV programs. A lot of documentaries. Um, documentaries and uh, Sensate 
had a fair bit of uh, transgender stuff in there as well. Nice right. to see. Great to see. Great to see what's going down. Here's a bit of Broadchurch news. Howells, of course, you've not watched Broadchurch, either, have you, Howell? No. Right, well, first season's great, second season stinks. But the third season may end up being the final season. Um, it turns out that David Tennant, who plays the main character, a.k.a. Detective Alex Hardy, he said the show was conceived as a trilogy. Now, we all know that trilogy means three. So that means that the, the next season, the third season, could well be the last. But obviously, this is all dependent on ratings and critical reviews because it, it may do amazingly again. I mean, at the height of Broadchurch season one, it had nine to ten million viewers watching every episode a night. So who knows? Who knows? Um, and another point, actually, Mark Gatiss recently did an, uh, an interview where he said TV, um, he said ratings, TV ratings are dead. There is no way of properly measuring how successful a show is anymore. But I, I say to you, Gatiss, oh. the box set pod chart is the yeah. place to go. That's yeah. where you find out how successful you are, hey, sir. Mark. Gatis. Um, last bit of news for you. I want to mention Obama. Barack Obama has come out. Guess what Barack Obama's favourite TV show is, Howell? It's Homeland. It used to be Homeland. Oh. You fell into my trap. Thank you very much. His new favourite show is Game of Thrones. Oh. Howell, who do you think his favourite character is on Game of Thrones? Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. He couldn't remember his name, though. He just said the dwarf uh, is his favourite character. The only character name he could remember was Jon Snow, but he bloody loves... Game of Thrones. Ah, look there you go. Look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, your news. Do you think he has actually watched it, or people just go, oh, mention it? It was I like when he was on Mark Maron, and he said, oh, "Yeah, I like comedy. I like your friend Lewis." Called oh Louis yeah, C called Louis C.K. Lewis. Yeah, it was a bit clunky. Yeah, I do wonder, yeah, because he said he didn't remember any of the character names other than Jon Snow, and you do kind of wonder mm. if maybe he's just been briefed on what's popular. I mean, I like to think Barack's not like that. Yeah. I like to think Barack is a guy who would go, I'm going to bloody watch it. You're not going to briefing me what's popular, and I'll watch the show, and I'll decide if I like it. I just can't imagine that he's got this. You know, I'm a man who's got the time to watch eight and a half series of 24 mm. I don't think the leader of the free world can watch every episode of Game of Thrones the so question it, is this do you want the leader of the free world to be able to have time to binge watch TV I don't know yeah. I don't know now you mentioned the chart a couple of times there Jamie and I yeah. therefore I can't brush it under the carpet as Ben did suggest to me um, yeah he did say any chance uh Let's see. Um, do you think it could be quietly skipped for a week? Oh! And I'll make sure I do it in future. Diabolical! Uh, he's pushing a film into production this week. Oh. He's been very busy. He's sent me a lot of apologetic texts. I said, of course, I won't mention it. Um, we will <laughs> slip it under the rug. Nobody oh. will know that, that we even do a chart. Don't give me that baloney, Ben. Oh, there's some film he's working on. He's just signing his bedroom again. All he does with his time, pretending to edit documentaries. He's absolutely full of it. I mean, God, we don't even know what he really does as a job. I'm sure he just makes a lot of the stuff up. What he should be doing is spending all his time working on the chart. Yeah. Ah, he's yeah. just an that Mark Gatiss is asking for one, so why not? Exactly. All right, it's time for this week's debate. Uh, Mel... Is, is waiting on the line and we've had a nightmare trying to connect with 
Matt, but I've just seen him appear. Have we got hey. contact? <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> What's going on? You sound a little bit low bit rate. Uh, I don't know. I, my my wife's laptop is a disaster. <laughs> Blame the wife. <laughs> Not the wife, the laptop. She, she, I mean, she must have done something to it, I'm sure. It's your blatant <laughs> sexism coming through again, and we haven't even started. <laughs> Let's get on with it. So, um, welcome to the podcast uh, once again, Mel and Matt. Matt from London, and as we found out last week, Grumpy Town, and Mel from Chuck.tv. Chuck, Chuck, net. I always get Chuck that wrong. Chucktv.net. Chucktv.net. Matt kindly watched the first two episodes of Chuck last week. He was in the court, um, being persuaded to carry on till episode four, as was Jamie. And the deal was that Mel would embark upon The Sopranos, something that she has never wanted to watch. Mel would watch that episode under um, the deal that both Matt and Jamie. And Jamie, and Jamie would make it to episode four of Chuck. Let's go first to Matt. Matt, how did you get on? I'm on episode five, motherfucker. Yeah. Let's let's put that in your pipe and smoke it. And while you're smoking it, let's go now to Jamie. I've not watched any episodes. Let me just let me just step in here for, in Jamie's defence. You're going to okay, have to because there's a big gaping defense. gap of Are disappointment. Are you the third person? <laughs> I am indeed. That's what Jamie does these days. And Jamie <laughs> has genuinely been very, very unable to watch a single thing. I haven't even watched Walking Dead in three weeks. Just because you were I love working. that show. Just because you've got a new job. Just because I. I'm working. I've been just hell. Just I went a crazy weekend. That's when I was going to do loads of catching up. But yeah, then we had all Saturday kinds of crap going I didn't, down. I didn't realise that you worked Saturday and Sunday as well. No, how? But I had all kinds of other stuff on the smorgasbord of life to deal. We had a washer. My washing and our washer dryer broke down. Spilt sewage all over the carpet. We were cleaning yeah. that all the weekend. It's all just, weekend. Um, you were cleaning sewage all weekend. Off the carpet, Howell. Off the carpet, shampooing carpets was my weekend. Now you, sp- I, I think, I think we can accept that as. Thank I mean, you, Mel. Thank you. That's that's like it's like a doctor's note, right? Thank you, Mel. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, Mel, this is nothing like far, a doctor's note. Far too kind. Now that's that, that's your app. that's your one pass. That's your one pass, though. You've used it up on sewage. So <laughs> yeah, but sewage. I'll give him sewage for maybe Saturday, but not Saturday and Sunday. I mean, uh, Jamie spews a lot of shit, but not a weekend's worth. Surely. You said you know things are bad when I've not watched any TV. And I really haven't watched... I don't know what's going on in all my favourite programmes, Howell. That is a man on the edge. Okay? Okay. Wow. All right. So Chuck's not the only one being neglected. There's a whole whole smorgasbord again of TV shows getting neglected. I just just think that this is coming out in anger when it should be coming out in apologies, especially towards Mel. I I apologise, especially to Mel, (laughs) for shampooing my carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, first of all... Accepted. Accepted. Both of you, I enjoyed listening to the podcast last week. Um, It was... It was exciting, particularly um, listening to how much better Mel dealt with 
Matt's questions around feminism than I did. I was I was rubbish <laughs> at it. It took us so long, Mel, to get to the point, which was her character is using sex. The whole point of her character when it comes to Chuck is that she's supposed to be sexy and seducing him. That is the whole point. Matthew, um, yep. you have continued to watch Chuck. Is this still a... Is Yvonne Strahovski's shocking... Shocking outfit still a problem for you. There is a scene in <laughs> Chuck versus the Wookiee. Oh where, yes, uh, she has to quickly. Does it involve a uh, white bikini? No. Oh, not that. I don't. One. I didn't notice that bikini. She wears. She wears some kind of swimsuit, but um, I didn't find it particularly uh, shocking. Um, but uh, th- there is a, there is a scene where she has to get changed quickly in the back of a jeep. Mm. And I mean, like, there's there's a shot at the beginning where she's like constantly poking her head between the seats, in and and that's fine. But then there's a shot of her pulling her skirt up over her hot pants. Yeah. Oh. From her point of view. Jamie just made it to episode five. <laughs> <laughs> and Count me in. At that point, I was like, "Come on." Come on, what's going on here? Why do we need to see her changing in the back of the Jeep? Just get used to it, man. What is going on with you? What's the problem? Look, I I listened to last week's episode as well, and the point that I failed to make is that um, it doesn't... Oh, God, I feel like I'm just... I I, I listened back to it. I didn't enjoy it. I felt like I was an (laughs) arse. You uh, just, just, just like an ass anchor dragging the show down into the Sometimes sea. Sometimes radio is a mirror. Wait, there's a and... mental image. Wow. Yeah, an ass anchor, like a big anchor shaped like a porcelain ass with my name on it. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's it... Yvonne Strahovski is the ass of Chuck. You are the ass of this podcast, and you both serve a purpose. <laughs> this is what you have to understand. She is the ass of Chuck. And then, and then they brought in another beautiful secret agent as well. Who uh who used sex as a weapon? Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She was fun. Wookie, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She returns a couple more times. Spoiler alert. Matt, were you trying? Yeah. Were you trying to say that it felt gratuitous? It, it, it look. It just looks like it. It looks like um fan service as far as I, as far mm-hmm. as I'm, so that's fine. You know, it's not. Look, I'm not. I should say, I'm not really bothered by this. Mm. I don't actually think it's uh, terrible that it's doing some kind of horrible disservice to the gender, but it's just it's in the forefront of my mind. Mm. As I said in my email outside of the podcast, it's just I have I have a two year old girl, and I'm like I'm reading all this stuff yeah. about uh, gender equality, and and seeing this kind of thing is just it it, it makes you realize how um, how easily we digest it, it could, because it. It is imbalanced. This is. This There's is. no way to say that it isn't. There is also no way to say that number one that it should be balanced. Who who who, no. well, who says that things should be balanced? I certainly don't think so. I'm a big fan of Fox News. Uh, number two, Matthew, you're just <laughs> going to have to come to terms with the fact that one day, not for a, at least sixteen years, one day your daughter may be interested. Sex, maybe. No, I know, but I don't have a problem with that. I think it is. I think we're listening to a man having to really like. This is the power of the father. Of like, this is why it's so terrifying to bring a boy home for the first time. You're hearing it now. Matt is going through it. It's like coming to terms with the fact that his daughter is of the female gender. Therefore, 
um, she she has to operate in a world which is um, which often objectifies women, and mm-hmm. and that's true. And up until this point, Matt hasn't thought about it this much. And now we've caused a midlife crisis just by talking about Chuck. I'm glad yeah, though. I'm glad that happens. he's. I'm glad you're thinking about this, Matt. I'm glad that this is as a as a father of a daughter that this is forefront in your mind and it's of a concern for you. And maybe we'll lead to discussions down the road about. Um, issues that are, will will be really helpful as she gets older and has cute. to deal with this world. So, um, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think it's admirable that that you are actually engaging in this discussion with us. Mm. Did you enjoy it, though, Matt? Did you actually did you actually enjoy the show? Well, well, yeah. I mean, um, I, th- I think because c- again, listening back to last week, I think the reason I made the comparison to Thirty Rock and Community is that that's where this show kind of sits in my. Uh, TV repertoire in that it, it's it's something that I'll watch while I go to sleep. Yes, it's mm-hmm. not something that I sort of set aside an hour for, mm-hmm. like say The Sopranos. No, um, oh, where I feel like I need yeah. to to really sit and focus. The, the, this is it just washes over me like a like like a nice warm ocean wave. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And keep and I think that wash I think over. that. Yeah, and I think the first season in particular, it does do that as it's building the universe and building the mythology. Yeah. Um, Things get considerably more complicated as you go forward. But, yeah, that first season, it's a lot of fun. And it's not – I mean, they're dealing with some complex things under the surface if you – you know, if you want to – if a viewer wants to look under the surface – but if it, if a viewer just wants to watch to enjoy it, then that's there for them too. I mean, and that's, it's, that's um, what I realised as well. Uh, listening back to our debate and getting down to it, I realised that actually the number one thing about this is the word fun, and it's very difficult when you when you act as a pundit on a podcast like this, or when when clearly Matt is a guy who thinks about the world a lot and uh, enjoys meaty television. All of us probably are fans of madmen and things that are challenging well we're mm-hmm. also we also have the id inside us as well and we need entertainment and uh we need to mm-hmm. sometimes switch off at the end of the day and chuck is definitely one of those things mel's mm-hmm. right it does get deeper but it's it's not the deepest pool in the world it's never mm-hmm. as deep as Mm-mm. the other things that you probably watch but it's it definitely um i'm glad i'm glad that you it's almost like saying don't overanalyze it on a podcast that analyzes the shit out of it. <laughs> yes. So, Sopranos, let's move on. Mel, um, did you watch episode one of The Sopranos? I actually watched the first two episodes. Ooh! Good for you. Just to Good for you. get a little more um, into, let's not into go, what was Let's not go into um, opinion but, just yet. Mel, will you please, for anyone who hasn't watched The Sopranos, will you give us a sort of introductory blurb about what is this show about? This show, Sopranos, is ultimately about relationships between Tony Soprano, the lead, and his... Mm. his um, Why? What do we want to say? Biological family oh. versus his professional family? Oh, yeah, very good. Very well put, well put. Very nice. Yeah. And how complicated it becomes. And, I mean, there's there's some overlap between the two families. There are members, you know, people he's related to that are in his professional family. Um, Maybe family with a capital F. Yeah. Versus uh, lowercase f. Um, And it's him trying to deal with those very complicated relationships and these 
the blurring of the lines. I think he also has a daughter who's growing up, and he's having to deal with that. Matthew. So... Comes full circle. Tony Soprano's a real. Tony Soprano's a big feminist as well. He's appalled at shock. So great, thank you. Yeah, that is very good. So, um, and I think on a on a very simple level, uh, the the premise is gangster goes to therapist. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's the conceit. Yeah. So yeah. so. What did you think? Um, I think it is really well made and really well acted and written. I am not sure if I'm supposed to sympathize with Tony and his problems, considering the life that he's built for himself is about murder and theft and embezzle, you know, um, of money laundering. Um, I, I have a hard time feeling sympathy for his problems when he is a criminal who doesn't really flinch about beating up somebody in broad daylight in front of a hundred witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you were. Um, I think it's re it's really, really well made. I will say that. I mean, it's, it's certainly interesting and I can see that there's a lot of, um, like I said, it's a relationship drama. So there's a lot to mine there. I don't know if I will continue to watch it though. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't sympathize with the character. Okay, good. Can now, I, can I ask just to get a read on the landscape? Do do you um do you like any mafia movies? Um, I don't know. I mean, we watched Godfather when I was younger. Yeah, and yeah. it was okay. Right, but no, I don't really. I don't. Not really. No, I don't. I don't often sympathize with the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. When he's when he wants yeah, to do enough. this whole. Anything and and it's all related to these horrible things that he's doing. Well, I mean, who gives a shit? That's what you're saying. He maybe, deserves. Maybe it. we're talking cause and effect here, and perhaps we should look more at the root of the problem and less at the symptom. Okay, uh, I Jamie has witnessed me having this debate with people for about ten years, which we're not going to have now, but about taste. And I had this mm-hmm. theory, I created this theory quite a while ago when I set up a radio station and people would come and everyone would tell me what they hated, which music they hated. And there was more often than not this middle ground where people would make what I said was a 70-30 argument of heart, of head followed by heart. Mm-hmm. And it would be exactly what you've just done, exactly what Matt did for Chuck and what I did for Walking Dead, which is where you come in, you intellectualize, you say, yeah, this is, you know, I can see that this is this. And then you go to heart at the end and you go, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll ever love it. I don't think it's ever going to be for me. And this is the reason we have the four episode rule. The challenge mm-hmm. now is to try and persuade Mel to carry on till four episodes. So what we need to deal with first is a problem that I had for my entire life. And I still have with gangster stuff about sympathy. Jamie, how? Why should we be sympathetic? How can Mel expect that she'll ever be sympathetic for this guy? I don't. I didn't expect you to sympathise with uh, Tony Soprano immediately. You're not going to because he is. He's a thug and he's a sociopath. And this is the big mm-hmm. thing about this show: is like, how do you even relate to somebody like this? And it's in, as the main character. Can you watch a show and not love the main character and not completely identify with them? But the thing with like Tony Soprano is there are times when, and the more you watch it, there'll be there are times when you are 
you 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 actually do relate to him. You do find yourself seeing good in him. You know, that's the kind of brilliance of the show and shows like that, Breaking Bad stuff, that is just... There are times when you just feel like you really are connected to this character and you want to see them do good. And then they'll do something that is so violent and so horrific and you just think, I can't believe this is the same person. And that's like, that's the thing that the character will always confound you. But that's the journey. And in a way, that's kind of the love of the show. It's like, it's never quite been able to sort of get your sort of full a fist around who this character is and like them and want to want them to do well in life. There are times when you want him to die or get arrested. And there are times when you want him to escape the police or kill another gangster. And that's the thing that you're dealing with in your head. It's a really difficult sort of argument with yourself, but that's the fun of it as well. That's why I, I, I love yeah, it. I agree. And I think there's something that gets you through that as well, which is that you will find that your sympathy for Tony becomes almost unimportant but there are other people in his life that you feel the sympathy for which allows you to then love and hate him or just hate him you know yeah but doesn't this sound like a completely dysfunctional relationship yep and which TV like show this is the that? boyfriend that well but i mean this is like the, the boyfriend that everybody tells you he can't be saved and you're like no i can save him and yes he gives you these little glimpses and it's mm. It's, you know, that that's the boyfriend that the therapist says, get out, get out now. Yeah, So totally. why should I continue this dysfunctional relationship? Because you, it becomes a study into the person who is sticking with him, really, as much. Exactly. As it's, much it's a about, study of his wife. Right. It's about, yeah, and it's I, about fascination with them rather than, um, rather than liking them. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, and I'm I, curious. And I think certainly the... Do you all have... Go on. Do you all have other women in your lives who enjoy this show? <laughs> yeah, Sarah. Oh, my wife absolutely yeah. loves this. Yeah, Sarah loved yeah. it as well. Yeah. Okay. Whereas, Mel, when we were talking about The Walking Dead a couple of weeks ago, I said to Matt, Jamie, and Ben, I said, how do I persuade Sarah to carry on watching this with me? And they all unanimously didn't miss a beat and went, you can't, she'll never like <laughs> it. So <laughs> it's the opposite on this one. We're all saying... Hmm. The, so far, it's a hundred percent in favour of the female. In the favour of the female, um, and you're right; it is very well made. Matt, what, what were you, you? So it's about fascination, and yeah, certainly. I, and and I, and I don't think um, there is any aspect of it which is trying to save Tony, because um, ultimately, you might want him to succeed in what he does, even though what he does is terrible. Um, but I mean, this is just from my point of view. I don't necessarily mean to say that this is how you'll feel, Mel. But um, uh, <laughs> the, the, I, I never wanted Tony to give up the lifestyle and and go straight. That was never a, a, a goal for me within the show. Everything was for me was always about the relationships between the um, between his position and his family and the power plays between the Soprano family and the other families and the other people within his family who may, might have been trying to get him and the FBI and everything like that. But ultimately, he he is the hero of the story. Um, but you know, you you never you never like him. I mean, you like him in a kind of in a very strange way, but you never, you never want to save him. I, I, I don't feel like that, and I don't feel like he needs 
needs to be saved in in, in a way. It's just um, he's just a fact. He's a, he's a thing that exists. I wanted, and to you escape. just have to kind of. <laughs> I also wanted him to you? escape. Yeah, I did want that that you wanted, and maybe Mel, if you're more like me in that you always hated gang or you couldn't you couldn't empathize enough with gangster films i was the same i got switched off by most things including the godfather just couldn't understand why i should care about these people but with Mm -hmm. tony soprano there there is more opportunity i think because i think i think that there becomes there is a wrestle within him about whether he can get out of this and that's what that's what i hung my hat on was can can he get out of this now i'm not saying that that's how it should be watched matt is probably watching it in the correct way but for for me uh yeah for me who struggles with that stuff what about you jamie did you did you want him to end up on a on a desert island having escaped that world um i don't know i i guess at different times it was different sort of I wanted different things for him, but uh, the first series, what I found with the first series, Mel, is that you watch the first few episodes and like Tony, you know, yeah, you do feel very alienated by him as a character, but as you get into the world of his own family and his, his mob family, and like his mother is a massive character in the first series. She's a huge, like she's one of the most, oh, she's a, she's just one of the most interesting characters you could ever watch on TV, I don't and you, she be, she's all oh, she's, she's like amazing. the worst. She's the worst. One of the worst. She's ter- she's a horrible human being. Like she's yeah. and she becomes almost the bad guy in the yeah, first series. Yeah, yeah. And you see why Tony is who he is, mm. where he's come from, and you see what he is with her and how he tries, and and it, you see a side to him that you wouldn't, and you see what she does and how she manipulates him and the rest of the family. And it, it is like that is part of the fascination with it certainly in the first series you're absolutely right i'd forgotten about that and i think that is what makes this something that i watched for five series and loved is that it is different from the other gangster stuff not that it goes oh isn't everybody screwed up because of their parents but there there really is an, an attempt to go this is how this person was made now you decide you know and it's mm. in that decision making where the drama lies. did you guys know that david chase created the show originally it was about um his relationship with his own combative mother and then he just yeah, yeah. put it in the framework of the gangster world really? because that would be more commercially successful yeah <laughs> wow so yeah, that actually is I... the whole the 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 starting point for the entire series is that re- that mother-son relationship are you, are you on google man yeah. Uh, no, I actually went to HitFix because I know Alan Sepinwall is a columnist, is their television com- columnist, and um, he originally wrote for the New Jersey Star-Ledger. Oh, wow. Which Tony Soprano reads. Oh. Um, he was a – yeah, Alan was a tremendous champion of Chuck, but also it's most – one of its um, harshest critics when necessary. <laughs> and um, so, and I've always enjoyed his writing. And I knew that he did a rewatch over the summer of the first season. So I went after I watched uh, the first season of Sopranos. And so after I watched the first couple of episodes, I went to see what he had said about it. And uh, and uh, his his observations were not, you know, he was coming at it from a different perspective and had other observations. But he always has these little facts and you know interesting insights. Yeah, interesting one. The David Chase comment is really like true. Also, I heard David Chase say that when he watched Goodfellas originally, 
Uh, and there's a scene in Goodfellas where Joe Pesci goes to his mum's house and like they all have a meal and the mum's got them food and they've got a guy in the boot of the car while they're eating food mm. inside and like mm. he really was fascinated by that juxtaposition of like the, the, this little family, this little mother in this house, you know, and that really sort of uh, inspired uh, the Sopranos as well. So yeah, it's a lot like um, building a CIA base beneath a, a bymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What about um, what about Breaking Bad? Did you have you watched all of Breaking Bad, Mel? I've watched zero episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I know that's another one. I know it's another one that I was like, actually, at the time when it first started, I thought, oh, I, I should watch that. But we, I was involved in so many other things that I never did. <laughs> and, oh well, my question yeah. was going to be how far uh, you stuck with the lead character in that because that's kind of similar. Situation, yeah, um, not at all, out. is your answer. <laughs> oh, well, you've got to watch that next. Um, the mu- <laughs> let's let's give Mel a reason each to watch, the, to continue The Sopranos. I, I want to put music in there. The music oh, is yes. phenomenal. And the last episode ends with a great piece of music as well. But it's also one of the most uh, iconic endings, one of the endings that created the biggest I- debates, even outside Chuck. I actually have watched the ending. Oh, because it was, what? Such, what? It, what? Well, it was such a huge national conversation. Um, no, you guys, I, there's there are a lot of shows I don't watch, but I know what's going on, and I've in it's just it just comes with the territory. Because <laughs> you're um, right about TV. I, right, and I mean, all of let's see, season four of Game of Thrones. I haven't watched it, but I know what happens because I would go read the recaps and then be like, no, I don't need to watch that. Uh, I don't need to, I don't need those visuals in my head. No, you but don't. the ending though. I mean, like, <laughs> I know, I know, I sense. ruined it for myself. But I was curious. I'm like, what has everyone so upset? Um, and I get it, but I, I mean, and obviously, I hadn't watched the whole series, and I'm just now starting the series. But it makes sense to me as an outsider. Now this brings in a, a new question, which is, mm-hmm. is, is there? Can you write off an entire series? Should Mel not bother? <laughs> <laughs> because I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that negate uh, the journey? No. I mean, are yeah, you a exactly. are you destination yeah. versus you know the destination exactly. is more important than the journey? Yes, of course. And in fact, it kind of annoyed me because I came to it late and I knew that it was such it, there was controversy about the ending. It kind of ruined the watching of the rest of it a little bit because I was going, oh, how's it going to end? And uh, in the you know for the wrong reasons, uh, Matt, w- w- give us your reasons that Mel should carry on with Sopranos uh, performances. Um, I I think uh, the, the the central characters in th- throughout the series uh, of Tony, um, Carmela, um, what's the doctor's name? Jennifer Melfi, Melfi. and uh, Chris. Chris Montesanti yeah. are unbelievable. I mean, mm. G- Gandolfini aside, because obviously everyone talks about that, Edie Falco as Carmela, mm. there is yeah. a scene, and I think it's season five. Um, I, actually, I don't know why I'm talking about it, because I'm not going to tell you what it is. No. But um, um, my, wa- my wife and I watched it. probably watched it already, Matt. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Highlights on YouTube. No, my wife and I watched it, and and we and we just had to pause it afterwards. Uh, 
and we're and we're both actors, and um, uh, and uh, we just went back and watched it again straight away because she is incredible, and the the, the journey of their relationship is the most fascinating thing about the show because there's that intrinsic battle she's having the same battle that that the that the viewer is having in that she's come into this family from outside and is having to deal with the consequences of it but getting getting the rewards as well and uh and and so her character is in in a way more fascinating than anyone and any of the others um except perhaps maybe the kids i don't know but uh it's worth watching for them i I cannot think of a stronger cast. Yeah, I, I, don't would, I would like to add yes. to that Carmela's food as well. Food oh, is a massive yeah. uh, part food. of part of the Sopranos, and Carmela. And it makes me it made me angry the food in the Sopranos because I don't live in America. Yeah, and um and I can't get it. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, you <laughs> so... can. Mel. Aren't you like right next door to Italy? I mean, you guys can go to Italy as quickly as I can get to Texas. Yeah, that's true. It's not so. the same. It's been Americanized. Oh, that's Lovely. true. Yes, my um, my younger brother actually owned a, an Italian restaurant here. Oh, really? For in in yeah, for a couple of years, and oh. then he decided that the restaurant business business was not for him, and he shut it down. And I cried because oh. it was so good. such good food. And we have not a drop of Italian blood in us, yeah. but we we do know how to eat. Uh, and, uh, oh, it was good. Matt, uh, sorry, Jamie, reasons for Mel to carry on? Well, that pretty much covers it, Mel, but mm. I'd say, lastly, Steve Van Sant as Silvio, oh. his, like, lieutenant, the best shoulder actor ever. The guy <laughs> who uses his shoulders in an incredible way. It's worth watching just for his shoulder movements, all right? Do you watch Lilyhammer, Mel? No, what's that? What's Lilyhammer? Lilyhammer is the, the next light TV show that you're going to watch. It's on oh, is it? Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah. you got Netflix, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's, and it's a light? It's the, the next light? It's set in light, as in like Chuck, you know, uh, a kind of mm-hmm. light entertainment. Mm-hmm. He, it is um, uh, set in Norway, and it's sort of a spin-off, but not really. But Stephen Van, Stephen Van Zandt is the main part, and it's the idea of a, a mafia guy who gets put in witness protection but in a small village in Norway which is the most bureaucratic um country in the world and it's it's very funny and it's very good um and and irrelevant now because you haven't seen that either <laughs> so um good good um can can I say one more thing yeah you can and did you also say Matt that you're an actor uh yeah yeah i didn't know you were an actor yeah I thought you, you know. We thought you worked in some uh, building. I do that too. Okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. On you know, that. I don't. As I don't opposed to actors to, who to, work to outside buildings. Jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, most actors actually don't, don't really work in theatres or on film, so it's. No, exactly. That's that's why I work in the office. But no, what I would say is it is that it, it is a show that you um, if you look at the first series and you look at the. How many are there? Is there six or seven? Um, uh, six, six, I think. Are we talking yeah. about Sopranos or Lilyhammer? Sopranos. Sopranos. Oh, no, okay. no, I haven't seen right. Lilyhammer. But okay. it, 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 you can see a clear line of evolution in that show more than any other, I think, that I've watched. And uh, maybe... No, no, not Mad Men, actually. Um, but it, it really does get better as you go through. Um, 
because uh, like the uh, what I mean by that is the first season it, it seems so amateurish after you watch the sixth one. Mm-hmm. Not to really? say that the first season is bad, but like it really. The, particularly the pilot, like that bit where he runs through the university campus chasing after the guy, and there's some kind of wacky music, and it all seems a bit, mm-hmm. all, all seems a bit capery. For uh, and, and then when you see how far it's gone and how nuanced and deep it is by the sixth and seventh series, it's it's unbelievable. It's it really is. It is my it's number two on my um on my big show list. Wow, well, let's, let's what's do, number uh, one? Yeah, my man. The wire's number one. The Wire is number one. Oh, oh The Wire. Uh, tell isn't that a, number one on everyone's you, list? You can tell Matt's an actor, though. Okay? He likes punishing things. He likes things that <laughs> drag him over the coals. <laughs> what, what are you? Let's just go around everybody's top three just to see where we are at the moment. Um, so, Matt, top three. The Wire. Uh, the Wire, Sopranos, Six Feet Under. Mm, yeah, very dark, mm. very dark. Jamie? Uh, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Sopranos, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good. Mel? Of all time? Of all time. Jeez. <laughs> um, I I have a hard time listing, you know, doing that sort of thing because it kind of depends on my mood. But um, well, Just go with whatever mood you're in now. All right, well... Um, um, God, we were doing Gilmore so Girls. well. We were doing so... Gilmore Girls. I know. Gilmore Girls, except for the last season. Um, I mean, the last season was good, but it wasn't great. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, I think that that holds up well to to the test of time. And, gosh, not movies. I keep having movies flitting through my head. Where's Chuck? Um, Does Chuck not make this list? Chuck, Chuck, um, (laughs) it's it's top five, but I don't know it'd be top top three. Jesus. Well, maybe maybe it's number three right now. Wow. Yeah, Maybe put it number three, three right now. Chuck's at number one yeah. for me. Chuck is, is it? number, number one. one for you, well, really? See, you just watched it. I've realized. You don't, you don't have like this emotional baggage that I have with Chuck. That's that's part of the thing. If I'm, I take the emotional baggage out, then yeah, it's number three. I can hear people laughing at me everywhere. And the thing is, I've started <laughs> to, I asked myself the question after we did the podcast last week. I went and watched an episode and stuff. And I just sort of said to myself, why is it that you mention Chuck on every single podcast? Uh, because well, why why would why would I do that? And it must be that it's my favorite. That and Mad it's Men. It's it's you're infatuated with it right now. That's fine. It's for yeah. I'm, but I, I'm in the I throes of a Harry Potter obsession. I get it. Everything it. is related no, to Harry I Potter. I left it a year ago, and if I have a conversation uh-huh. with anybody about TV, uh, uh-huh. I, it's West Wing, Mad Men, and Chuck. And I've seen loads of stuff, and I've obsessed over Dexter. I'm, I'm obsessing over Good Wife now. And uh, oh, that's such a good show. You know, it's, it's great stuff out there, but. For some mm-hmm. re- for whatever reason, that is the show for me. That is the one mm. that I just. For the record, West Wing and Mad Men are four and five on my list. Are they? Yeah, West Wing is also <laughs> such a good show. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's wait and see till Matt's finished. But that, you, only, till you only give us one. Howell. Sorry. You, uh, you, only, you only gave us your top one. Your oh, first. No, Chuck, Mad Men, and West Wing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, mm. 
the why is good, but uh, God, Matt, I mean, it needs to rock it up its ass sometimes, doesn't it? Jesus. No, it doesn't. That's what's so beautiful about it. Uh, yeah, you would say that. Um, it's holding onto the rocket. It's showing you the rocket and it doesn't light it. This, you, look, put your Stanislavski <laughs> book down. <laughs> I'm going to use this every time we speak. All right, Mel. So for the food, the music, the characters... The the change in who you sympathise with, um, mm-hmm. w- will you carry on, please, to episode four of The Surprise? I will, yeah. 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 I'll watch two more. Well done. It's, it's, it's good enough that it's not. I'm not going to completely reject it. I want to give it a little more of a chance. Um, Great. I just, I'm just, I don't know. There's also that conflict of you're telling me that eventually I'll come to sympathise and empathise with Tony Soprano, and what does that say about me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What does that say about yeah. you three? Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I'm not necessarily. I'm not saying that you will. I'm saying there m- might be other people that you feel that for. Um, yeah. Also, you'll ha- you've got some terrible objectification of women to look forward to because I know you guys. <laughs> oh, that's, already, that, so. that's already happened. Um, yes, I was actually telling Howell earlier that there was. I have a. Um, a connection between your concerns about Sarah Walker and The Sopranos. I mean, how many scenes am I going to be looking forward to with naked women in the background as they Lots. dance around folds? Like, yeah, a few. Is this common? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. And that serves what purpose? Um, none. <laughs> Other than it's the environment that they that they that they function in, mm. but no, it's it's completely That's... ludicrous in in places. Yeah. But they are objectifying women. They he, they are portraying characters that are incredibly sexist. Yeah, I would like yeah. to state for the record that I both enjoy sex and like seeing <laughs> women wearing very little. Um, now that isn't to say that men should also be dressed in very little more. Uh, I would just like to make that statement. I don't want anybody to think that I am putting out there and editing a podcast which is uh, which wants people to wear less sexy clothes. Okay. <laughs> You're heterosexual, heterosexual male. We get it. Hundred percent. But I, I think this whole argument that Yvonne Shrovsky shouldn't take her clothes off is is ridiculous. As long as Yvonne's happy, I'm happy. Um, Matt's feelings are irrelevant on the subject. So, Ron, if you listen, well, I, I hate I hate sex in all its forms, and we've exactly. we've covered that. <laughs> Matt is a monk. We we have learnt this already. Well, your your poor wife. So where did we go? I had week? sex once, and I got a kid, and that's so <laughs> you know. That's what put him off. <laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> um, right, good. Uh, where do we go next week? I mean, God. Oh, I've no idea. We need to think about this. Um, but for the meantime, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mel, once again. And um, you're welcome back next week or whenever to talk about your shows. We need at least an update on Chuck and Sopranos every few weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. Jamie, Chuck, updates? Anything? Crickets? Yeah, you're gonna get. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get. You're gonna get it. <laughs> Now, is this a threat? (laughs) So you're going to get the Chuck with you. It's going to it's going to happen. That's what I was trying to say. I just uh, you just just you were just doing the podcast one handed again for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, my tea's going cold. Are we we ready now? Yeah. Yeah. You mean are we finished? Yes, we have started it and finished it now. Okay. 
All right. Great. Excellent. This is the most professional show I've ever been on. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. 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 Uh, See you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.